lessons from the unlikely is the, unlikely is the series. And um, hopefully I cried all of my tears out of the first message so I can get through this one, being able to read my notes, but I doubt it. I'm a basket case today. I'd rather be a basket case for Jesus than anything else. The Easter story has so many different characters. First of all, thank you for being here. Uh, if you're a guest, we welcome you today. The Easter story has so many different characters that played an important part of God's master plan for the salvation of mankind. Now, Jesus, of course, was the main character. Jesus is the main character. And hopefully, you would allow him to be the main character in your life. There were others that are usually mentioned in the retelling of the Easter story or the resurrection story, I prefer to call it. There's Judas, there's Peter, there's Mary, there's Pilate, and, and many others. But in this series, we're going to be looking at some of the minor characters of that story, sort of a different approach, and some unlikely characters that we can learn from. And this first character played an important part on the first Palm Sunday, which we are celebrating today. This is Palm Sunday. It's the, always the Sunday before Easter. And the Bible would call it Jesus' triumphal entry, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So the setting is a, a, the beginning of what is known as Passion Week or Holy Week, and it is when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, the scripture tells us, and Jesus, up until that point, was telling his disciples, and even after that point, that I'm going to be crucified and resurrected, but they still didn't get it. They didn't understand. They thought Jesus was there to set up his kingdom on the earth. At that moment, they didn't see us. Aren't you uh, glad that God has a bigger plan? that he came to be not just the king of Israel, but the king of all kings. But they didn't understand that. So let me begin reading Mark 11, beginning at verse 1. And this, again, is, keep in mind, this is the week before he would be resurrected from the grave. Uh, and it's, this is the um, Sunday before. So as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, uh, sometimes my clicker gets a little contrary. Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there. That is the, the young of a donkey, okay? Which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a coat outside in the street, tied to at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that coat? They answered, that's just some nosy people out there, isn't it? I just want to say, none of your business. The Lord needs it. <laughs> but the Lord knew that they were going to be nosy, so he gave them the response. They answered as Jesus had told them, and the people let them go. And don't try this with that new vehicle you want, okay? <laughs> and when they 
When they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches that had, uh, they had cut in, in the fields. So those who went ahead of those and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. At this point, he's fulfilling prophecy from, Isaiah, from Zechariah, excuse me, that said, your king will come riding in on the fowl, the, excuse me, the, the fowl, the, the young of a donkey, I forget that word, maybe this fowl. Foal, thank you, that just didn't come out right. Foal of a, of a donkey, and, and he's fulfilling that scripture at this moment. And, and again, the Old Testament saints thought this would be the time that our king will come, and he'll take over, and Israel will be a nation that, that will dominate, and this king will lead us. But again, God had a different plan in mind. Amen. So blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. I want to talk to you just a few moments about lessons from a donkey. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your presence is with us. Lord, we pray that uh, you would speak to us. Everybody watching now, we'll watch later online. Speak to our hearts. Church, would you pray it with me? Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This beginning of Passion Week, I challenge each of us to make it a Passion Week for ourselves. Let's renew our commitment and our passion to follow Jesus where he would lead us. Now, the donkey is an unlikely character to learn from. In this incredible story that began this Holy Week, God saw fit to use a donkey on that important day. Now, before we learn what we can learn from the donkey, let's learn what we do not need to do from the donkey. So, let me tell you, don't be a donkey. Would you tell your neighbor, don't be a donkey? <clears throat> don't be a donkey in this way. Don't be stubborn. Now, wives, do not look at your husband at this point. Donkeys are known to be stubborn creatures. They resist doing what they don't want to do. My mom used to say I was as stubborn as a mule. Anybody hear that? And a stubborn Christian, a stubborn Christian is an oxymoron or oxymoron. It doesn't go together. It does not fit. A Christian is a disciple of Jesus. A disciple is one that is trained, that is shaped, that is pliable, that follows. So if we're going to be Christians, we cannot be stubborn. We have to have our hearts tender before the Lord. We have to ask the Lord to shape us the way he sees fit, even in ways that, that we don't think is necessary or, or ways that we don't want to give up. We offer ourselves to the Lord as his disciples, that God, you lead and I will follow your leading. He's a package deal. He's not just Savior, but he's Lord. He's got to be both. And everybody wants a Savior 
It's harder when to make him your Lord. That means your boss. Whatever you say is what I do. I am not my own, as the scripture would say. I have been bought with a price. So we cannot afford to be stubborn. And you want to ask the Lord during this time, this holy week, God, is there ways in my heart that I am stubborn, that I am rejecting, that I am turning aside your leading? I am actually grieving your spirit. For some of us, I think it may be offering forgiveness to someone. And we just say, you don't understand what they did to me. I can't afford it. Hear me, you can't afford not to. You're limiting the Holy Spirit from working in your life. Don't be stubborn. Ask the Lord to use you. Open yourself. Be broken before him. Scripture says this, but because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. So as my mama used to say, also, it'll all come out in the wash. We think we got our own way. We think we don't have to do that. We think just because of that, we can... We can do what we want. It'll come out. Allow the Lord to speak to your heart. Ask him to show you any little thing that's not pleasing to him. Ask him to direct your life. You'll be so glad you did. Don't be stubborn like a donkey. Don't be fearful. And donkeys are not quite as skittish, I understand, as horses. I started to bring a donkey into the service, a real donkey. I was advised not to for some of these these reasons. The thing that happens with the donkey, when he is afraid, he will lock up. He will not move. And hear me, fear will paralyze you. Fear will keep you bound to your situation. It will keep you from moving toward God when you need him the most. Don't be fearful. 1 John says this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Someone is is fearing getting close to the Lord because they're afraid of what he would ask of them. You don't have to be fearful of the one that loves you the most. Whatever he asks of you, it is a wonderful life. Whatever it would be, whatever he would want for you, it's the best for you. You have to understand that because he loves you like no other. Some are fearful that God won't take care of you, that if you do it his way, you have to do it his way. He has a plan for you. He will take care of you. Pastor, I'm just afraid to to tithe. I won't be able to pay my bills. You cannot keep God's money. It's his. It belongs to him. Give it to him. Watch him work in your life. I'm, I'm just afraid of the call of God on my life. When we went to Europe 
for that year, we had people as missionaries, we had people that told us, are you taking your son? Yes. Is it safe over there? I don't know. Being in God's will is the safest place we can be. His way, not my way. I can mess it up real fast. What about you? Don't be fearful what God has for you. It's wonderful. You can rest in it. It's life itself. Don't be unruly like a donkey. Now, husbands, don't look back at your wives. Talking about Ishmael, the Bible says that he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he will live in hostility toward all of his brothers. Donkeys are more apt to bite than horses, I understand. Don't be unruly like that. Be careful this day and time watching national news and social media. It, it'll get you angry at the world. If you're not careful, you'll find yourself just biting the head off of everybody. People are just so tense, they're afraid to smile. If you're controlled by your anger, you are being a donkey. Mm. Well, Pastor, that's just my personality. That's just the way I am. Well, I'm so thankful the Holy Spirit wants to change the way you am. He wants to change all of us. I used to be so hot-headed. I was. As a kid, I was so angry, and I had such a rage. At school, they used to call me the little uh, bull. Because I'd just bow up like a bull, just trying to fight somebody. God delivered me. He can deliver you, too. Don't be just angry, unruly at the world. Everybody's against me, and I'm against everybody else. You cannot be a Christian that way. You cannot minister to people. We can have the love for others. Our message is love and peace. I was uh, at a restaurant this last week, and, um, you know, it was my lunchtime, so I like to disconnect and have peace while I'm eating. And I happened to be in this little restaurant, and there was a, um, um, an older couple and an older man, and I think maybe another person, but they, I, they were struck up a conversation, and the older man had a problem with his knee, and I don't know what I'm going to do with this knee, and, and, um, but as he, he just talked, like, even if nobody was talking to him, and, um, it just, uh, and, he, and in, a, in a few minutes, he, he said everything negative he can say. A lot of people are against me, my family against me. I ain't got nobody. And um, so the other couple was just trying to be nice and just say, well, I just hope your knees is, gets better. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. And normally I don't say nothing. But I, I know it was the Lord. So I just said in this cafe, sitting down, I said, sir, the Lord can heal your knee. And he looked at me and said, What? I said, the Lord can heal that knee. I'm going to pray for you, okay? Come on, we're going to pray right now. I didn't even give him a chance to respond. Lord Jesus, I pray you would heal this man's knee. Touch him today. If nothing else, just let him be quiet. But touch that knee. I was saying to myself. Well, that sort of started a conversation with me and him then. So forget eating in peace. 
But I said this, let me know when it gets to feeling better. I believe it's going to feel better. And he said, uh, well, you know, a few years ago, Dakota Tiger in the second service. He said, I was diagnosed with this disease called myasthenia, and I'll finish it, gravis. He said, sir, I was diagnosed with that same disease. I think he thought I was lying to him. He said, no, I know. I was diagnosed with that too. So that started a long conversation, and inviting him to church, I believe he's coming. And I think the reason why it moves on my heart so much is I think about what my life would have been without Jesus. How negative I could have been, how angry I could have been. But Jesus came to me. He moved in my heart. As I was trying to get out of there then, because it was a long conversation, as I was trying to get out of there, Walking out the door, he said, I think it's working. My knee feels better. I said, I give God praise for that. Don't be like a donkey. Don't be unruly. Don't be so angry. Don't be stubborn. Don't be fearful. There's some other things that a donkey is that we shouldn't be. Let's see what we can learn. Jesus says, I have need of that donkey that day. These next few things, some of it I, I, I heard from a message from Jensen Franklin. I'm telling you, grabbed me months ago. So I'm going to share a few of those things with you. But Jesus said, I have need of that donkey today. And there are some things about that donkey that we can learn from. If you want Jesus to use you, there's some lessons from that donkey. If you're taking notes, the first one is this. Jesus uses lowly things. Aren't you thankful that Jesus doesn't look for the titles? That Jesus don't, don't look at family history. and That he chooses those that are lowly. Others that, people that others would not pick. It seems like that's the ones Jesus picked. Maybe because they understand that when he does it, it's him doing it and not them. When he rode in on that donkey, it did fulfill that prophecy of Zechariah, but it also said it symbolized that he would be a king that was humble. He was a peaceful king. If he wanted to show power and authority and a king that would be at war, he would have came in on a stallion. That's the way the, that's the, way the culture would have defined it, that he would have came in on this great stallion. He was going to be a warring king. Jesus was not worrying about proving his status. He came in humble on a donkey. Humble servant that said, I'll go to the cross. I'll lay down my life for those that don't even love me. The very ones that he came to deliver shouted, crucify, crucify him. I will humble myself to God's will. That's the people that God is looking to use, those that are humble before the Lord. And those that will say, Lord, if you could use me, use me. He uses the lowly. The scripture says God chose things despised by the world, 
things counted as nothing at all and use them to bring nothing that the world considers important. Is anybody out there that you were nothing? Sure, great when we know we're nothing. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Jesus doesn't need stallions. He doesn't need those who are qualified in their own eyes. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. My dad used to say this about himself all the time when he preached. He said, if God could use a donkey, he can use me. The code had never been ridden, the Bible says. It was untrained, but it was available. You may not be the, the brightest crayon in the box, but are you available? That's the ones that God will choose to use. Someone that's available. A blank canvas, God Paint on me what you want. The masterpiece that you want, you create it because I can't. Humility is a requirement. Some may have to get off their high horse and humble themselves even as riding a donkey. The scripture says this in Amplified Version, blessed, spiritually prosperous, happy to be admired, or the poor in spirit, those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as insignificant. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven, both now and forevermore. Can I stop here just a moment to say thank you, church. Thank you for not worrying about titles or status. Thank you for being people that love people. Thank you for being people that understands that we're all nothing other than the touch of God on our lives. Thank you for being that kind of church. I appreciate it. Jesus uses the lowly things. Also, Jesus uses burden bearers. A donkey is a beast of burden. Many countries still use them to carry large loads. And today, the, the Lord needs, is calling, is looking for some burden bearers. Some people that will carry his burden. It seems the Church of America is more concerned about carrying a bless me basket than a burden for Jesus. Now, understand, this is a heavy message. I'm not even expecting an amen or anything, so don't even, I don't need it. A burden for Jesus. What is that burden? Same burden that Jesus carries. The Bible says he came to seek and save those that were lost. And he's asking us to carry that burden, to carry his burden.
The little donkey used his whole little body to bring Jesus to the people. Will you use whatever God asks? Whatever he needs of you, will you make it available? Even if it's your whole self, will you say, God, use me so I can bring you to the people who are lost and hurting? Wait a minute, preacher, that's for the preacher. No, 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 it's for the Christian. And he's looking for those who will allow themselves to be used by him. Burden bearers, the thing I've found about the Lord, that when we carry his burden, he takes our burden. He said this, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'll trade my burden any day for his burden because with his burden, I have his power. Your greatest blessings will come from your greatest God-given burden. I'm going to read it one more time. I want this to sink deep inside of us. Your greatest blessings will come from your greatest God-given burden. You may say, Pastor, I don't understand why I have this desire to go and just feed the homeless. That's a God-given burden. That's where you're blessed. It compels you. It gives you passion. Don't take a man burden, but a God-given burden, right? Also, Jesus uses those who endure. Donkeys are, are used for endurance, not speed. They may not be the fastest way to somewhere, but they are one of the surest ways in many countries. They carry a load for the long haul. And Jesus uses those who will endure for the long haul, who endure, carry the load. When the pressure comes, they just don't quit. They just keep moving one step in front of the other. Can you imagine the two snails that got on the ark? The cheetah were running past. The stallion. Here's these two snails. Margaret, are we going to get there? I don't know, Clifford, but we're going to keep trying. And the Lord didn't close that door till those two snails got on there. Those who endure, who just don't quit. I believe I have some of those people. Saw Miss Ann during the first service. She's praying now during the second service. During every service, we have two intercessors that are just praying, meeting in different rooms, praying for God to move on your heart. Miss Ann is 82 years old. I saw her coming up the stairs this morning, early morning for the first service. She says, I'm moving a little late. I'm a little late. I guess it's not bad for an 82-year-old. I said, when I get to be 82, I hope I'm moving. 
and because she prays in my office, the air is too cold because it runs off of this air, and in my office it gets really cold, so she pulls her chair outside. And she sits in that hard chair outside to pray. Prayer warrior. Oh, can we be that kind of people with that kind of spiritual heritage? That we just refuse to quit? That the Lord can count on us to carry the burden for others? That we just keep going one step in front of the other? Man, doesn't the church need those kind of people today? That they know I can, if I could just get to sister so-and-so, and if she can just pray for me, I'll be okay. Well, what about you becoming that kind of person? Consistently serving Jesus? Where anybody can come to you and they know they don't have to worry if you're on with the Lord or off with the Lord. Not perfect, no. But your mind is made up. I am going to be with Jesus till I breathe my last. The scripture says the race is not to the strong, to the swift, or the battle to the strong. Let me read my notes again. They just this last week began the torch run for the run for the Summer Olympics in Japan this year. And the torch relay actually began in the ancient Olympic Games, and then it was actually a race. It was a relay then, a race, though, one of the games. And the winner, the team that won, was not just the one that crossed the finish line, but the one that crossed the finish line with their fire still lit, their torch still on fire. And will we be the kind of Christians that will still run the race even when it gets hard with our fire still lit for God. Will it still burn inside of us a passion for the Lord, a passion to do what He wants us to do. And as I was studying this message, this is what I felt the Lord say, that if you'll endure running toward me, I will make sure your fire stays lit. Focused on him. If we just keep running the race, focused on him. Even if we don't understand, let's don't get sidetracked. Let's don't lose our focus. Let's don't get too much dust on our feet, so grounded to this world. But we're looking to Jesus. He'll make sure that our passion for him stays lit. The power of the Holy Ghost also within us. And I think just today, maybe some of us need to allow the Holy Spirit to fan into flame the power of God in our life. You say, Pastor, this ain't a funny message like you normally do. Funny will be next week, maybe.
Jesus uses those who give him the praise. As the donkey brought Jesus into Jerusalem, the crowd shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest heaven. Now, I don't know what the donkey thought, but I got a feeling he understood that the shouting wasn't for him. And personally, I know for myself, any praise that comes my way has nothing to do with me. It's all about the one I'm carrying. And if you will give Jesus the praise, he will allow you to walk with him in his steps. As he's glorified, he will allow you to be a part, a small part, but a part. The scripture says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Do we understand we were dark? We were in the dark. We were lost. When you're in the dark, you know, if I turn the lights off right now in this sanctuary, I know the sanctuary, but if I didn't and the lights were off, I can walk, and I don't even know how close I am to the edge. And when we were in darkness, we didn't know how close we were to the edge. We didn't know how lost we were. But he came after us. How can we not give him praise? How can we not give our lives back to him in thanksgiving that, God, I had no life, and you came and gave me life, so here it is. Would you stand, please? The last thing that we can learn, let me say this statement. We are to make sure everyone knows where all the praise goes. Last one, and we're going to pray. Jesus uses those who are untied and led. The disciples untied the donkey and led him to Jesus. And if you want Jesus to use you, you got to first be untied and led to Jesus. You cannot help others get free until you're free yourself. Yeah, you can give them some good advice. You can give them a good meal. You can even give them the shirt off your back. But the greatest thing you can give them is Jesus. But for you to be able to lead them, you've got to know the way. The donkey had to be untied and then led to Jesus. And watch this. He was then led by Jesus. He submitted to Jesus' way. 
To be completely untied from the world, you must be completely tied to Jesus. To be completely untied from the world, I must be tied to Jesus. And this is my concern today, and I believe it's what the Holy Spirit wants to work in. There's some of us that has some loose ends. Some things that we need to tidy up and wrap around Jesus. Those loose ends will trip you up. It's got to be one or the other. We've got to get untied completely, completely, and completely tie ourselves to the Lord. What does the scripture say about that? Here's the way Paul said it. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, bound to God, the scripture says, for us to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Jesus said it this way, if you want to come after me, take up your cross daily and follow me. See, we like the cross. Oh, Easter, you see crosses everywhere. We like the cross, but we like it better on Jesus. But we have a cross to bear, and it's wonderful. It's not painful like his. It is life itself. Are you a slave of God? God, not my way, your way. Took me a long time to figure that out. God's way is better. Me and Patty have been looking for a house. I mean, we, we're looking for land. We're looking, we don't even know what we're looking for. We thought it would be a time to build. We can't, it's not the time to build, everybody says. We're living in a camper. I'm so glad that she loves me. If you ain't close in a, and you move into something like that, you will kill one another. But we are just getting closer and closer. I guess we're going to start getting a three-legged pair of jeans. And just <laughs> and we have, we have put contracts on two houses and we didn't get it. Somebody else beat us out. The whole time we pray, though, we pray, Lord, we don't want it if you don't want it. We say, God, you have it for us. We know we want to be where you are. Pastor, you pray that much? Yes, we're spending money on this house. God's got the money. And just the reason why I'm sharing all this, you understand, again, we ain't got it all figured out. We're just careful. I'm trembling at the knees of Jesus. I know how fast I can mess it up. And there was so we were looking at another lot where maybe we'll build a house and I even know the builder and we, we talked to him and and I was I prayed we prayed together God but we went to look at the lot it looked like it was something Patty said I'd love to have a new house we prayed God if this is not you though 
shut it down. This lot's been available for a while, and we looked at the first two weeks ago, and we came back around, well, maybe this is it. God, is this it? And, and two weeks that we knew, it's been there for a while, but the two weeks that we knew of it, we got a call the day of, we were fixing to sign a contract, and got a call that says that lot just sold. And we both said this, I didn't have to convince her, God is telling us to wait. That what he's got for us is better than what we see. And I'm just sharing this story with you, just making it personal with you. It's the same with your life. You're getting frustrated. Somebody's getting so frustrated over the way things are. If the Lord is the Lord of your life, he's the Lord over that situation. Allow him to speak to you. He knows what to do. Just maybe he wants to get you still enough to see who is in control of your life. Have you yielded complete control? God, your way. Would you bow your head, please? So there's going to be three prayers that I really believe the Lord is going to work for each in each prayer for some. Maybe this is also, I know it's also for those watching online. I believe there's going to be some callings giving today. Some burdens of the Lord. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be, it's going to be purpose to your life. Callings giving. Did that phone just ring when I said that? That ought to be enough confirmation for you right there. And I believe it's just going to be that real. Calling, giving. Heavy, 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 but it's the Lord's burden. It's light. There was a calling given to me at eight years old. I didn't understand it. A lady in the church normally didn't prophesy. Said this young boy at eight years, I think I was about eight or ten. I can't remember. Said this young boy is going to be a teacher. Come here, son. Still be up in front of the church. He's going to be a teacher. I didn't understand it. Said, lady, I don't even like school. You don't know what I'm talking about. But I knew God had something for me. All my life, I knew God had something for me. I knew he laid his hand on me. That's the same for you. Callings. I think also there's going to be some fire reunited, ignited, <laughs> reignited. Man, God's going to plant it into flame again. It's been just flickering. And if you will ask Him to, I believe the Holy Ghost is going to breathe on you, set you on fire like you used to be fire of his presence in your life is wonderful so wonderful to live in the world and not be so consumed by it then I think some of us need to be untied say pastor I've already asked the Lord in my life okay so you got loose ends then are you completely tied to him completely tied 
asking to pray first. Lord, callings, I pray in the name of Jesus. If your heart is open to do whatever the Lord wants you to do, would you just raise your hand? I'll do whatever you say, Lord. I'll do whatever you say. Call them, Lord God, lay your hand on them. In such a heavy way, God, let them know. I know you got a plan already. Lay your hand heavy on them. Heavy, heavy, heavy. But your burden is easy. Your yoke is, your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. You'll give them the strength. You'll give them the passion. Your hand still, if you'll remain them raised. If you need the Lord to light a fire in your life, would you raise your hand? Lord, would you do it now? Would you breathe on them the fire of the Holy Ghost? Fire, fire, fire. Fire of God's presence on your life. Receive it now. Passion for the Lord. Passion for God. Like you've never experienced before, I pray. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Burn in the name of Jesus. Lord, do it, do it, do it. I believe you're doing it, Lord God. I believe you're doing it. Come on, y'all, let's raise both hands up to the Lord. Complete surrender. Complete surrender, Lord God. Here it is. Use me. I'm a sacrifice. I offer my body, Lord, to you as a sacrifice. Burn in me. Burn in me. Make it your prayer. Come on, make it between you and the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 You worship the Lord as long as you want. I want to talk to those that need to be untied. You need to be untied. And it may be you that with your hands raised, you got the want to. Now it's time to walk it out. It's time to completely untie and be completely tied to the Lord. Maybe it's just some loose ends. Don't justify them. They will trip you up. And if that is you, would you just raise your hand? Say, Lord, I'll give you those. I'm tying it up right now. Lord, I want to be completely tied to you. Make it between you and the Lord. Ask him to forgive you for it. Lord, forgive me. I shouldn't have let that hang. I shouldn't, I shouldn't just overlook that. Lord, I am asking you to forgive me, and I'm tying myself to you. Everything, everything. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Would you look at me just for a moment? I think somebody's thinking, I'll be glad when this service is over. And you know what I'm praying? I'm praying that this, not me, not the message, but what's stirring your heart right now, I pray it goes with you. I guess I'm just praying for you to have some heartburn. You're going to have to do something with it. You're going to have to do something with it. You, if you know me, you know this is not the way I usually preach. I told Patty on the way to church this morning that God is doing something. My heart has moved today. And it's for somebody. It's not for me. It's for somebody. You understand I preach this message to myself, though it really is for me, too. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's thank Him one more time. Would you just close your eyes and just thank Him? 
Thank you for his grace in your life. Thank you for his mercy in your life. Thank you, Lord, you didn't leave us where we were. Lord, we say, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Be the king in my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Be a slave to you, Lord God. So next Sunday is Easter. Some people didn't come to church today because they would have used up their time for the month. So invite them for next Sunday. Everybody thinks they're supposed to go to church on Sunday, on Easter Sunday. We're going to have family photos. Tell them, hey, this is your family. Hey, I want you to come with me. Let's get our picture taken. But you start putting prayer on them. Okay, you just put the prayer on them. And Lord, just get them. Get them the way you want to, Lord. Get them. They say, well, you know, by the time we get up and cook breakfast, I, uh, I'll buy you breakfast. Come on. Tell them, no, I'm not saying that. You tell them that. I ain't buying anybody breakfast. I'm trying to buy a house. <laughs> Do what it takes. Trouble them a little bit. Ask them again. And let's believe the Lord gets a hold of that. Amen? Let me let you go. I want to pray a blessing over you. If you want to receive it, raise your hands. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name.